there. Thanks for listening to the Elevation Podcast Series presented by the Colorado PGA. During this episode, we will be talking with two experts in the PGA's Lifelong Learning Educational and Certification Program. My name is Holly Champion, and I'm the Education Director for the Colorado PGA. My first guest is Dawes Marlott. Dawes is the Senior Director of Education and Talent Development for the PGA of America. He also has earned his PGA Master Professional designation. Our second guest is Colorado's own Mark Bachelador. Mark is the Program Director for the University of Colorado, Colorado Springs PGA Golf Management Program. Mark has also earned his PGA Master Professional Certification and is a co-chair of the Education Committee. Without spoiling too much of the conversation, please enjoy this episode of the Elevation Podcast. Good morning, Dawes. Good morning, Mark. Thank you both for joining us for this episode of the Elevation Podcast Series focused around education. I'm excited to have both of you today as experts in the subject. And Dawes, if you would be so kind as to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background within education. Holly, good morning. Uh, Currently, I work with the PGA of America, obviously. I've been with the PGA for over 12 years. Uh, My responsibility as the Senior Director for Education is to make sure that the education that we have is is relevant for our massive audience of 29,000 men and women professionals. Uh, prior to coming to the PGA, I was at the University of Idaho where I was there for 10 years, designed their PGA golf management program for them in the College of Business. So I've been involved in education for nearly 25 years and it's been a pleasure to help solve some problems and help people's lives get better as a result of the training and skill development that they would acquire. That's fascinating. You must definitely have a passion for it. Yeah, it's great. Um, you know, when you when you set out on these journeys, sometimes you you often wonder if you choose the job or if the job chose you. And in this particular case, for sure, education chose me, and it's been a wonderful wonderful ride. Um, and it's always a pleasure to be able to help people get better and and you know improve their opportunities in the job market, um, especially one like our golf industry. Yeah, definitely. I think I agree with you when you say the job chooses you for sure. Um, Mark, same question. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself, your background and how you got to where you are within education? Yeah, thanks, Holly. Thanks for having me. And uh, my background's um, uh, solely to the PGA Golf Management Program. I came to the program as a student, uh, actually met with the university folks before the program even started in 2002. uh, And the program started in 2003 here at University of Colorado, Colorado Springs. Um, And so I came to uh, the program as a student in 2004 officially and and, uh, graduated in 2008. Uh, worked in the industry as a head golf professional here in town and then came back to work for the program in 2012. Um, and so my focus uh, for the past nine years has really been about education, development of, of students and development of PGA golf professionals for the industry. Uh, it's it's really rewarding and exciting to see them grow and develop and um, head out into the industry. So uh, I'm excited to talk about education. 
Well, it's such different, um, different ways to start getting into your, your positions, but it sounds like PGM has been at the heart of, of both of them and getting started. Um, I was a PGM student at Methodist University, and that's actually how I got into the golf industry as well. I love to play, and I told my head golf professional at the course I grew up at that at about, I think I was like seven or eight years old. I said, I'm going to come back and take your job someday. And I don't know if he appreciated that, but that's, I've been interested in working in golf since I was really little and, and playing. So, um, finding my way to education has just been one of my favorite things. So, um, so just to kind of dive right into the new lifelong learning structure, um, you know, we've, we've heard a lot about becoming a certified and master professional now that we have the specialized professional tier as well. Daz, can you just talk about maybe what the, the difference is between the tiers and we'll dive into each one respectively? Yeah, I, I mean, the, the lifelong learning strategy was, um, was put in place to help our members um, be put on a, on a pathway in one of three career paths. Um, the most traditional career path we have is golf operations. Um, the, the newest career path that we have is executive management. And of course, between all of that, we've got teaching and coaching as a career path. So there's three golf operations, teaching and coaching and executive management. What we learned was that there was a, there was a desire by our membership to be able to pursue a pathway that had a, a very defined start and end to it. One that we could promote to the employers um, to showcase their value, to showcase their credential, and to show off their skills, quite honestly, and their ability to grow um, the top lines of a business or, or manage operational excellence, um, build and train teams, so on and so forth. But as we all know, one of, the, one of the coolest things about being a PGA member is our professional skills of playing and teaching. And so our ability to elevate you know, their expertise around the teaching and coaching and development of talent was also very important. Um, I would say in, in total, we were able to, to really integrate our career services division around this plan to highlight um, the achievements made by all of our professionals and be able to promote them to the marketplace so they could, you know, pursue their career goals. And we work with all of our professionals that come through this um, very closely, uh, mentoring them along the way and helping them, you know, gain whatever skills necessary to remain relevant and, and pursue that next job or just be more um, successful in their current job, enhance their capabilities to, to improve their position where they currently are. I think that's great. And I think it's a, it's a good idea to have it in different tracks. You know, a director of golf who never really teaches a lesson is going to have something and much different needs than someone who's strictly a director of instruction or a, a full-time teacher. So I think that's an incredible benefit. Um, well, I would say too, it's a positioning strategy. I think when you look at 29,000 professionals and they're all in golf operations, oftentimes you hear somebody say, Oh, you're just a golf person. Well, no, I'm so much more than a golf person. They just at times are challenged by, the complexity and the depth of the job itself and the nuance that that job brings forward to those that they serve. You know, they're serving their customer, but supporting their employer and how all that works. Um, there's different metrics for different responsibilities. So it was our way to help reposition that and bring, you know, greater emphasis on the talent that we support. Just highlight our members, right? Yeah. 
It's definitely highlighting our members, highlighting everybody's different talents. And I love that the word talent is the new way to, um, to highlight somebody's, somebody's skills and their, their work experience. Mark, I'm curious, within the PGM programs, do you talk about the different or do you focus on the different tracks and different ways that people can be a PGA professional with, outside of the traditional box? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and really, you know, for, for us, what we do is we invest in each individual student in their individual uh, career interests. And we do have students, as, as Dawes kind of mentioned, that, um, you know, have a, a career interest outside of just golf operations. Hey, I want to just teach a, a lesson. We have, um, you know, Leighton Smith here in the Colorado section is someone who comes to mind that just want to teach. And so there's that opportunity uh, after they're done with their PGA membership completion of the program to advance into the specialized area that they want to focus on. Um, and so I think it's important that we um, help expose those opportunities to our students so that when they do get into the industry and they are PGA members, that they can look at these lifelong learning tracks and say, where do I fit in into the industry? Uh, where do I see myself going and how do I, how do I refine and how do I maximize those talents uh, to better serve the industry and better serve my career. I think that's just wildly important for um, all, all PGA members. Yeah, for sure. I can remember my program director talking about the different avenues between, you know, director of instruction, head golf professional. Um, I even at one time, I'm not very artistic, but I dabbled in like, maybe I should do golf course design. I think I could, I think I could design a mean golf course, but you know, we see how that really turned out for me. Um, so well, I would say I would just add to what Mark shared that one of the unique uh, attributes of of our younger talent, whether associates or students, is that they're growing up in an industry filled with change. You know, we have a multi-generational workplace. And so what's very unique about the PGA of America is that we've got people in our profession that are as young as 18 or 19 as these students enter and as old as you know, we've heard um, in their 90s. And I guess Ari Ball at one point was was 100 or something like that, 101. or It was crazy. Maybe not 101, but um, but having a multi-generational workplace, you know, it's 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 our job to make sure that everybody remains as relevant as they choose to remain. And so when you have a high velocity of change, that's a challenge. And so hopefully through the lifelong learning strategy that we discussed earlier, um, there's something for everybody to, you know, achieve whatever their goals are in this, you know, pursuit of, of the best job possible for them. Something for everybody that I think hits the nail on the head right there. I think that's great. Um, so kind of taking a little bit more of a deep dive into each one. I know we start with specialized, then we go to certified, then we go to master professional. And Dawes, you mentioned to me that some of the requirements have changed for each one. Can you speak to those a little bit uh, maybe keeping keeping them in order with what it takes to enter the specialized certified and master professional curriculum at each of those levels. Yeah, the specialized program is something that all members have access to um, that are in good standing within our association. So in terms of the prerequisite, it is only to be a PGA member at that point. Um, the specialized program is it's all online. It's 24 seven. 
So it's, it's, it's as convenient as it can be for the crazy lifestyles that many of our professionals lead in the time that, you know, they spend on the job. So when, when, when they have time, they can just jump right in online and, and remain relevant, take coursework at their leisure. And um, once completed with that program, earn their specialized professional credential. So what does that really mean? It's, it's specialized because it's specialized in one of the three career tracks that we discussed earlier. That way, um, once they earn that credential, our career services team can help them and they help them even at the, in the outset of that, but they can help them at that point, begin to navigate where they best fit, you know, in the industry with that um, specialized career track. Once they pursue that, their next step is that they have an option to jump into the certified professional program. That program though requires that they have experience in that career track of no less than five years. So if they have five years experience or more, they can apply to the certified professional program in the track that they had pursued as a specialized professional. Um, in that track, they've got some unique opportunities, one of which is they can earn credentials um, and certificates from other universities um, that are highly sought after. As an example, UNLV, uh, we work with them to co-brand an executive management credential that if you were to pursue at their institution, it would be thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, through this process, it's only 350, yet it's still branded by and endorsed by UNLV. And at that time, UNLV was the number one hospitality school in the world. So it was a very impressive credential. Um, similarly, we've got one at Penn State University in biomechanics for those who want to pursue teaching and coaching. These are electives, of course. Um, the, the, if you pursue executive management and as the certified professional program, the requirement is that you complete the executive management certificate co-branded with UNLV. But that's the only requirement. Um, and then, of course, if you once you pursue certification and complete that, then you have the opportunity to pursue our master professional program, which requires 10 years of experience in that career track. And so, as we've been discussing throughout, experience is important. Context is important. I mean, you can get education anywhere, but what makes the PGA's education platform um, so effective is the context and the career specific training that they get to do when they leave their training is they need to know right away what they need or how to apply it and how to create that impact job impact and improve their performance. Because I think the, the features of the program, um, when you go through it are pretty obvious. It's competency based. So there's very specific skills that you're going to learn in each of those career tracks at the level of that credential. And then the benefit from it is, is in fact, greater relevance, greater visibility, you know, your ability to showcase your expertise and all those things together provide you the best opportunity to compete for jobs and increase your compensation. So I would in total just say it's a, it's a progressive building block approach that allows a member to go through this specialized certified mass professional program credentialing process in a way that our career services can exploit and promote each individual one by one. A common question we get though is what happens if I change my mind, my career shifts and I get going through it and I started in golf operations and now I love teaching and coaching or vice versa or 
through golf operations, I had become, you know, a leader in our company and, and now I've been thrust into a general manager role. And so how can I shift in those in, in the process and program allows you to, to move from one career track to the other. And when you do that, you just, you start, you start back and you just work your way back up to the, to the top. So any member who signs up for this always and forever gets access to all career tracks and all content from PGM through specialized and certified. Uh, so that's what make, makes it really unique from that standpoint. That sounds really good. And I had the pleasure of starting the, this specialized program here recently. And I find that the level of the curriculum has definitely improved, I think, from what it used to be. And, and, um, you know, a lot of the, I was, I was really pleased to see a lot of topics that were maybe not necessarily skills, skills-based or hard skills-based, like leadership, like, um, being able to work in a team and things like that. And those are skills that I think are really, really valuable across dependent, no matter which track you're taking. Um, maybe talk specifically about how, how you guys came to add in those skills and what went behind some of those that are, I won't call them non-golf skills, but I think they're definitely important in any team atmosphere that, that someone is going to take part in. Yeah, I'm happy to. And, and certainly um, I'd like to hear uh, Mark's um, comments on this too, given his leadership role at University of Colorado, Colorado Springs. I, what we look for all the time is we have a, um, we're always looking to the employers to share with us what matters most. And so the employers own the job and the golf professionals serve, you know, the, the golfer, the consumer. And so how do we, how do we do that? And what is the, what is the appropriate alignment for skills that are required, you know, in any given season or year? So we're always talking to the employers to understand what they want, what they need and what they desire from their talent. Um, very specifically, we, when we were building the executive management curriculum, we have subject matter expert workshops and we ask questions like, you know, what matters most and um, what, and from all aspects of, of the industry, both inside golf and outside of golf, we brought um, chief strategists in from other firms, consulting firms. We brought headhunter, you know, leading people in the headhunter firms in, and we just wanted to know, you know, what makes this talent the most sought after when they earn these credentials. Um, and, and so things like, um, you mentioned that leadership, you know, that's a big mouthful. So what is leadership? Well, leadership means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Um, how do you build and train teams? How do you supervise and delegate? Um, to, as an example, how do you manage strategically against empirical information, numbers and data? Um, if you're at a club that's private and your number one metric is satisfaction, how do you do that strategically? But it's really around how do you build and train those teams? So we find all those competencies from leading industry people inside and outside of golf. And we bring all that information together to determine what gaps do we need to fill within our current curriculum. A big one that we all see today is the way they communicate, um, not necessarily a conversational communication, but how do they communicate their effectiveness on the job? How do they really communicate their value add to their employer? 
And from that perspective, they need to really understand their business metrics. So we get more requests today for how do I business plan? How do I create business plans and strategic plans that I can better communicate than we've ever got before? So we help out there and obviously our curriculum is uh, both in our associate program for the professional golf management training and in our member programming have that in there. But I would say the other thing that we're finding more than anything is this notion of emotional intelligence. EQ is like the big to do these days. And so how do we get in this multi-generational workplace? How do we get everybody communicating uh, effectively and responsibly and professionally? Um, you know, as, as we all know, the different generations approach a conversation and a relationship building exercise slightly different. And so we're trying to help all that, you know, how are they more self-aware as an example, you know, how do they present themselves? Um, so it's, um, it, it's been, it's been dynamic for sure. There's been a lot of changes along the way and we don't see it stopping anytime soon. So constant development is sort of our theme in education. I think that's great. you definitely bring up a great point that, uh, the generational differences are a really hot topic right now within workplaces. I know us as a staff have talked about it quite a bit with, you know, generations valuing different things and looking at things like technology very differently, um, looking at the interview process very differently and, and things like that. So that's definitely a big one right now. Um, Mark, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this as well. Yeah. You know, it, to me, what I valued in going through the, the program, but what I promote value in uh, uh, of it to students or uh, professionals considering getting into it is is kind of what we see at the university level where there's undergrad and undergrad is very uh, retention based memorization uh, of concepts. Um, uh, ideas and, and regurgitation of that information. And when you go into a graduate program, then it turns into more application, problem solving, and um, what would you do with this instance? And to me, that's what came out of, of the uh, certified program, the master professional program, because of how involved the project is specifically for the master professional to see that uh, there's there's an actual problem that we need to to analyze. There's a opportunity to review. Uh, I like that concept. I, I think that's where evolution as as a learner, as a uh, professional in any industry, that's where the evolution should should move from is retention of concept to uh, application of concept. And and how do I how do I create something? How do I build something? How do I make something? Uh, unique for me. Um, and I think that's what separates uh, folks as they go through their lifelong learning, not just that they have a little more knowledge, which they do, but they, they probably are a little bit better at utilizing that knowledge. Um, and that's what I like about the lifelong learning path. I, I could totally appreciate that. I'm definitely seeing the difference as I work through the program as well. And I'm kind of like you, Mark, that that kind of education sticks with me much, much better than if it's, here's everything that you need to know, you need to memorize it and you will be tested on exactly this. When you get into these skills and you take them and try to apply them to real life situations, there is never a textbook way to do things. And I think that that really speaks to the benefits of this program. 
Yeah, exactly. Kind of moving into that same topic, I'd like to explore some of the benefits. I know, Daz, you mentioned that Career Services has really taken a, a and a really good approach to this and helping work it into how they help our members move forward in their careers. Um, can we talk about some of the benefits of the life learning structure? And then Mark, I'd again, kind of like to dive into your thoughts as well, seeing that you've gone through it through the program start to finish. Yeah. I mean, the, the greatest benefit is, is the overall impact that one would make on and at their job. I mean, that, that's really what it's about. How do they enhance their skills, capabilities, and talents to, to make a difference on the job? And what is that difference? Generally, you know, we're an experience type economy, so we want to provide the best experience we can to those that we serve. Um, but from an educational perspective, there's an accumulation effect that goes on as we've been talking about throughout this conversation, which is why, you know, the PGM program, the lifelong learning is so important because it just stacks on top of each other. And the more time spent, um, the better off or the, the more you can remember and retain as Mark was sharing and apply those skills on the job. So um, one of the one of the, the biggest questions we get is, well, is it going to save me time and make me money? And the question unequivocally is, yes, it will. It will save you time and make you money. The challenge we have is we don't know when that's going to happen because it happens at different rates for different people. If we think about the boomer generation who led this great um, association for so many years, they had time for trial and error. And in many cases, they it was truly, they're going to give it a shot and they're going to try. And if it doesn't work, they're going to try something else because there wasn't enough ahead of them to, to learn from. So they, the groundwork that they laid for us, um, we probably can never repay. They're, they were that influential in everything that we did. And here comes the millennial generation, which is the largest workforce in our country's history coming behind them. And what's different about the millennials than the boomers? Well, the boomers were all rule followers and the millennials are kind of rule breakers. The millennials grew up in this world of, of a lot of noise. It's very noisy out there right now and everything's moving a thousand miles an hour. We blink our eyes and skip a decade kind of thing. So the millennials, um, they don't really have the, the same level of patience that, that the other generations ahead of them might've had. Um, and so what they're trying to do is they're trying to learn very quickly and they're trying to gather information you know through various means you mentioned technology holly earlier so they want to leverage technology the best they can so i think they can gather a lot of knowledge but it's the discipline to apply that knowledge and so when we talked about the, the features and benefits of education specifically to pga the features are very simple it's it's a it's a competency-based program which teaches people how to very specifically apply what they learned um, whether it's in the business realm or in the in the in the game of golf through teaching, coaching, and playing realm, um, the so how they apply what they learn from a from a feature standpoint is critically important. And the benefit is how they showcase their value. If we can't if we become commoditized and everybody does the same thing, then it's kind of like going to the supermarket and going to buy orange cheese. Last I checked, there was a whole bunch of different kinds of orange cheese. And so how do you choose? Well, generally by price. And we, you know, from a talent perspective, we don't want to be judged by price. We want to be judged by our output and our performance and our influence. And so that's that's the overall benefit. Um, as you go through the program, you know, Mark is a new master professional of ours. You know, he showcases um, all the attributes and values of the PGA profession. And, you know, we need more people like that going through the program 
um, to show off, you know, the, the benefit of what all this accumulation of, of study and investment in themselves really makes. And I'll, I'll echo that a little bit. And just speaking about, uh, you know, the differentiation of things, that's not just completion of the program. And then we're all standardized as certified professionals or master professionals, even that there's a different output. And so I'll give you an example. My project for the master professional was based around students passing the PAT. And I did a two year study on data related to dispersion at various ranges and how it relates to passing the PAT and utilizing that data, we've been able to um, enhance our player development program for our students to pass the PAT. And at this very moment, we only have six students in the whole program who haven't passed the PAT uh, because of because of that program and how it's kind of uh, developed. And what's cool about it is um, there's we've done some articles about it nationally and I've had folks from uh, around the country reach out to me and say, hey, can you help me pass the PAT uh, people I've never even met? And so it wasn't just about getting the distinction of master professional that there was there was a greater good to it. We've impacted positively our internal culture of the UCCS PGA program, uh, but hopefully we're impacting the uh, greater uh, national PGA of America. And that's really neat to see. That's that, that differentiation piece that, um, I think makes this, this program so unique. And, uh, while it's a lot of work, while it was a lot of work and you have a ton to do in it, uh, the benefit just far outweighed, uh, what was involved in it is really neat. That sounds like it kind of relates back to what you both talked about it as this is more of a application-based learning because, Mark, you took the direction for that final project and tried to apply it to something that would not only help you and your program, but it ended up helping PGA professionals or hopeful PGA professionals and associates uh, you know, across the country in wanting to pass their PAT, which is, I think, a, one of the focused barriers of entry, I would say, and maybe not barrier of entry is maybe not the right term for that. But I know I struggled to pass the PIT for the first, I think, two and a half years that I was in my PGM program. And then something clicked and I was able to pass it right away. So maybe I should have waited for your program to come out. It would have taken me less tries. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, a lot of data, which I love data, but uh, really neat to kind of be pushed into to creating such analysis um, and then and then having the opportunity to share it. I mean, that's part of the program is you you have to kind of defend your project down in Florida. And Daz uh, was on that team scrutinizing my project and giving me feedback and, and honestly pushing me to, to think even differently than I was thinking uh, going into it, which was really neat. That, that constant refinement of knowledge and understanding and uh, idea creation is is an exciting part of a career. I don't want a stagnant career. I want one that's um, constantly adapting and growing. And, and that's what this, this program kind of forced me to do, which was super fun. That's great. I want to ask you both a little bit about your personal journey into being PGA Master Professionals. I know you both have achieved that certification and I think congratulations to both of you for that. Um, Mark, maybe kick us off. Why did you want to achieve your PGA Master Professional designation and you know what brought you to that decision? 
Yeah, it's a great question. I, you know, there, there was kind of a very long journey and it was always kind of a very big picture plan of kind of investing my own education and then utilizing that education to give back. Um, as you mentioned, being involved in the section. So I serve on the, the board of directors uh, on the education committee with, with you, Holly. Um, and that was always part of the plan of kind of building myself up for my own understanding, my own knowledge, uh, and then giving back. And, uh, you know, it was really one of those things where it's just doing. And I know that sounds really cliched, but uh, what I see in students, in associates, and even others trying to f finish the specialized certified program is there's no, uh, there's no guideline for completion. There's nobody forcing you to do it. Uh, it's, it's just up to you. If you want to do it, you have to do it. And so I basically made my own deadlines um, of when I had to have stuff done. And I would tell people my deadlines. I would tell my wife, I would tell my colleagues that I have to have this done. And they're like, why? And I said, because I have to. And so I would, I, I did the, I did two certification golf ops and teaching and coaching. Um, and I did those, uh, in just about, well, the first one in less than a month, uh, and the other one, uh, a couple months. And it was about setting those deadlines. And then the master professional, because of how involved the project is, you end up writing, I think my project was like 280 pages, but I know people who've written like 400 plus pages, uh, for their project. And it was, it was, and that sounds like a big number, but what it was is just breaking it up that like the, the literature review, you have to start there. And it was like, I have to have this done in three weeks. I have to No if hands or butts. And I set these deadlines and then I went through it. You know, the, the, there's level one, two, there's three, and then the big project at the end um, and all my research that took, took some time. But it, again, it was just setting those individual deadlines. Once I did that, I knew I had a plan. Um, I think it's when it's just when it's hanging above you, when it's just something that you have to do, it's almost like then it never gets done. But if you know that it has an end date that you selected, then you kind of predestined it to be done. Um, and that was really imperative for me. Um, it, you asked about my why. My why was really about my role here with the students. I wanted them to uh, know the pathway. I wanted them to know it, but I also wanted them to see me as uh, having completed it and knowing that, um, you know, I've, I've kind of gone through the journey and you you guys can do it too. It's almost like a, a window into their future of what they could accomplish. And I thought that was real important for me uh, to kind of set that example, lead by example uh, for our students here at UCCS. So that, that's kind of my why. Great insight, and I appreciate your testimony on on why you did it and kind of your process and, and things like that. Um, Dawes, same question. Maybe just why did you want to become a PGA Master Professional and really what were the benefits that you got out of it personally? Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, um, I've always been a lifelong learner. And so my pursuit for, let's call it pursuit of excellence, and I guess that is def you know, definition varies from person to person, but um, it was our association highest designation. And so if I'm going to lead by example, when I did it, I was a general manager at our golf club at the University of Idaho and also I had just created and designed the golf management program that was accredited in 2002. So I became a master professional in 2006 and I thought, 
how better to lead by example, both with the students that I um, led and mentored and my professional staff. My Two of my professionals wound up becoming master professionals as well. And so um, it was just an opportunity to to um, take advantage of the resources of the PGA of America and, and showcase, you know, um, my experiences. And the other part of it through that process was um, being able to meet all the unique leaders of the PGA. The, you know, the greatest practitioners and, and professionals are assembled um, every year at a PGA Mass Professional Luncheon that we have. And so to be part of that network at that stage of my career um, made a big difference. It's amazing what happens when you're viewed as a, as a in my opening comments, viewed as a subject matter expert. Um, you're part of that network. Um, it opens doors that you just otherwise wouldn't even envision having opened. And so, um, you know, oftentimes we go through education and we go through life and we learn all these things. We're exposed to all these different experiences and we don't know how they're ever going to impact us or how we're going to use those down the road. And then one day something happens and you get to lean on or rely on what you've been exposed to. And you never would have guessed that. And so you're always fortunate that you, you did what you did or made those decisions. And it's all a journey. You know, all we do is make decisions in our lives and the more right ones we can make, the better off we're going to be than the wrong ones we might make. And I'm sure I've made my fair share of wrong ones along the along my um, career. But it was really about, you know, how, how do we how do I better engage with the association? How do I collaborate with my peers? And that was an outlet to allow me to do it. As Mark alluded to, though, it's not easy. Um, it takes it's a big time investment. Um, it's a lot of critical thought. You certainly need to be really good at communicating your thoughts on paper and defending your thoughts in front of a panel of experts that you're being judged by and graded by. But having, if I, if I share with you both um, from when I went through it in 2006, as, as somebody that didn't work with the PGA, fast forward to 2021, I can't believe that many years has passed. In the role that I currently serve, I've seen numerous PGA members achieve their master professional designation in front of my own eyes. I go to every every single checkpoint, and in every case, and Mark Mark Batchelder is no exception to this rule. In every single case, leading in, many of them say, "Why am I doing this? It seems like it's a lot of work. I don't really know if it's going to help my career." In every case, when they become a PGA master professional and they achieve that our association's highest designation in every single case, they break down emotionally because it means that much to them. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's altruistic at that point. Right. And so it does, it means that much to every person. And then when I see them a year later, they're like this, that was an amazing experience. I, I can't thank you enough. It's really helped. You know, when they're thanking me, they're thanking our association enough because it helps their career it helps their relationships. It helps their networking. It helps all of those things. And oh yeah, it does save them time and eventually it will make them money because that's what it's all about. It's about how do you stand out from, from a, a crowded marketplace that's very noisy with a whole lot of high performing people. And how do you showcase your, your value add to the industry, the environment and the employer that you're with. And so those who do that and remain relevant um, stand the best chance. And underemployment is a problem. 
Underemployment happens when your skills no longer match the requirements of the marketplace. And so when we see people go through the master professional program, they exude this sort of value and attribute of continued excellence and pursuit of excellence that, um, you know, really makes the association a better place for sure. Great points from two passionate master professionals who care about advancing themselves and those around them. Gentlemen, to close us out, I'd invite you to share what you would tell someone who approached you saying that they were thinking about getting involved in lifelong learning. Um, Mark, what would you tell that person? Yeah, it's a good question, Holly. I, I think if somebody came to me and said, Hey, I want to get into this. I want to, I want to start advancing myself. I I would tell them to be all in and in all things in life. I think that you only benefit when you're all in, if you're passively doing it. Um, I don't think the benefit will be there for you. Uh, I'll be personally or, you know, for your career, uh, professionally, but I think that, um, invest in what you're actually doing. Take advantage of it and say, I'm going to try to learn as much as I can and then critically think about how I could apply this information because I think there's just, there's tons of opportunity uh, in in the information to then apply it to your individual career um, and where you wanna go. I think, as Dawes mentioned, it is hard. It is a hard thing to consider, but that's what separates people. That's the hard is what separates people uh, in, in their future opportunities. And so I would encourage somebody to uh, look at it and say, I can be that person. I can, I can do the hard. Um, hard gets rewards. And, and I think that will come out in your career, uh, but also about being just a better professional and being more well-rounded. So um that's my encouragement for, for folks out there considering getting into it uh, and looking at the, the program itself. It's uh, certainly involved, but um, uh, be all in, be all in. And Holly, from my perspective, um, it may sound a bit cliche, especially in my role, but you want to be the best version of yourself that you can be. And the way to do that is to invest in yourself. And our association provides such reasonable access in terms of price and time. You know, we look at time and convenience. It's online. It's, it's certainly affordable um, to gather those resources and opportunities to invest in yourself and get better and provide that exposure. Um, I would just encourage everybody to, to take advantage of the resources and opportunities that your association provides you. So many people don't. And there's so much capacity out there to to fill and take advantage of, um, you know, we, we invest, you know, a lot of money, a lot of time, um, in these programs for the betterment of the association as a mission-based organization. We want to improve the, the overall profession, enhance those standards, enhance those opportunities the best we possibly can. It's not about profitability for us, but it's about, you know, our profitability means the members, including both Mark and myself, we get better every day. And those that we serve are benefactors of, of, you know, the things that we do and the things that we invest in. Great messages for people looking to get involved. I can really resonate with both of those as someone who is newly involved and just barely dipping a toe into the journey. So I can appreciate both of those and adds a little bit of motivation to my journey. So I like it. 
Well, Dawes, Mark, thank you both so much for joining us for this episode of the Elevation Podcast Series focused around education. If you would like to learn more about the PGA's lifelong learning curriculum, you can view the tracks and the requirements online via your PGA professional login at pga.org. Both our guests, Dawes and Mark, are happy to answer your questions as well. To receive their contact information, please email Holly Champion, Education Director for the Colorado PGA. Thanks for listening and happy learning.